So we see men like Seder, he has sold his business, has put everything on one card to serve the Lord, that his kingdom shall come and reach the othermost parts of the world. Dr. Lee, he could be a famous doctor in South Korea, having fame, having house, having wealth. He invests his gifts and abilities in Madagascar to help reach the last lost tribe with the gospel. My parents, they have invested everything that it was possible that Haley Mission could start. They have invested every penny, everything, you know, to start this ministry so that we can celebrate 50 years of God's faithfulness this year. So my question is, what are you willing to invest that will have everlasting reward, meaning in heaven? I know when you are young, you don't really want to think about the end or heaven or death, but who knows when his, when his time is up. We had to experience this very brutally that life is very fragile. On April 18th this year, our daughter Deborah uh, died in a car accident as a passenger. And uh, yes, yeah, she wasn't even 19 years old. And it just shows how finite life is. It's not infinite. And when we're young, we think we live forever. Or we think we have the right to become 60, 70, 80. But we don't. It's not in our hands. Life is a gift to you and me. What am I doing with it? Every minute it runs. What, I'm, what am I doing with my life? Going back to these three men, you know, Seder and uh, Dr. Lee and also my parents, they had an all-in mentality, like in the casino, you know, the, the chetons, the chips, you put all on red one or, you know, all-in, high risk. I can assure you, if you put all-in with the Lord, it's not high risk. It's a safe investment for eternity, for the future. But it is that mentality. I give all in. And it has to do that I have to recognize that all in it's worthwhile because the reward is so much greater. So I have to understand that it is worth to let it go because I have to let go. And sometimes I think the gospel, salvation is preached almost too cheap. You know, the Lord has done everything for you. Just receive it. But it's an exchange. I have to give up my old ways, my life, in order to receive the new one. I cannot have the cake and eat it. It's a saying, right? So that is also with the Lord. If I want to get hold of Him wholeheartedly, I have to let go of my old ways, my old thinking, my limitations, my whatever is hindering me to embrace what He has for me today. So let us... Run the race, as Paul said, to win the prize, to see the checkered flag, to cut the ribbon, to be the one that 
wins that crown of eternal reward. John Williams and James Harris, they ventured out to bring the gospel to the New Hebrid Islands in 1838. And they were not long there, and the people killed them. And one would think what, that was a waste of effort. But 20 years later, John Patton had the same call to reach the, new, the people on New Hybrid Islands with the gospel. And he went there. And when they learned that he is one of them that they have killed 20 years ago, they repented and they, they asked for forgiveness that they have killed his brothers and sisters back then. God has worked through the death of these two men and their wives. And 20 years later, the people were ready to receive the gospel. And today, Vanuatu is one of the Christian islands. And praise the Lord, the whole nation had been impacted. John Chow, three years ago, he went to reach the Sentinel Islands, probably you have heard of. Young man, 27 years old. For nine years of his life, he prepared to reach this tribe, if you want, with the gospel. It's prohibited to go there by the Indian government because the Sentinel Island people, they shoot with bow and arrow everyone who enters their island. And this is due to an uh, uh, event through, uh, during colonial time when white people would come and they have taken people from them as slaves and, you know. So they have a, a fear of all outsiders coming. But John Chow, he went there. He bribed some fishermen to get clothes. He, with a small boat, he went there. And they were shooting arrows at him. He got hurt. He pulled them out. He went back to the fisher boat. And next day, he went again. And he got killed. And the media in Switzerland and Europe, they said, oh, these stupid missionaries, they go where it's not allowed to go, and you should all bring to court these mission organizations who send out young people for such suicide missions and all, all of that. Somehow I cannot blame them because they don't understand it. But I am convinced that the day will come that the gospel will reach the Sentinel Island people. Because the Bible says, out of every tongue, tribe, and nation, they will stand before the throne of God. And the Bible will not lie. God, God will not lie. Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So they will be reached. And the sacrifice of Chon Chao will bear fruit. I'm 100% convinced. What am I doing with my life? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90, 12 reminds us. Our lives have a time of expiry. What am I doing? We had to learn it, a lesson like this spring, in a very brutal way. God's primary intention is not our well-being here on earth with our life that has an end. His uh, primary focus is on our well-being in heaven. And we in the Western world, we think that that's it here, you know. 
We live so good lives. Me too. I'm part of it, okay? I live in Switzerland. Good life. But that is a big danger that we lose the longing for heaven, for eternity. That our vision is just here on earth. And we don't know when it ends. We shall make best use of the time, Paul exhorts the Ephesians. So the Lord's intention is for eternity. He has a vision of eternity for you, yours, and my life. Um, in devotions in our office in Switzerland, we were reading uh, the story of Joseph. And you know, long story, how he didn't get to Egypt. And then in Egypt, he was the second man just under Pharaoh. And when then his brothers would come there and recognize who he was, they felt sorry, you know, they felt bad, guilty. And then Joseph says, said to them in Genesis 45, 5, And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourself for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. And then further down, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Wasn't it Jacob who just preferred his son Joseph so much, causing his brothers to be very jealous and envious to the point that they wanted to kill him. Well, they were nice enough, they just sold him, you know. But uh, there was, was that God? So a hypothetical question is then, um, could it be that if Joseph wouldn't have to be so boastful and arrogant about his dreams, and that would not have caused his brothers to be so envious that he would not be sold. How would then God's plan end? Could we say they had to be evil in order that God's plan was fulfilled? Anyway, that was not the point. What spoke to me in our situation was, why all this effort? It says a great salvation God has brought to his people. Just don't have a famine. End of story. What's the big thing, you know? Isn't God in control of everything? Who lets the sun rise? Who lets rain fall? It's God Almighty. So just take the famine out of the equation and good, no problem. But God has more in mind than just our well-being on earth. He is working on our hearts. Through that, he has changed the hearts of the brothers. They became suddenly very uh, uh, feeling for one another. They were softened in their hearts. And also Joseph, he, he was uh, becoming a, a humble man, even though he was so powerful, but he was not boasting anymore, now my parents will come and buy before me, you know. I'm, no. So God had worked on their hearts. 
So what is God up to do in your and in my life through the circumstances we find ourselves in, the circumstances we might not have chosen ourselves that we would like to get rid of? God's intention is about our heart. He wants us to become like him. Imagine, God wants us to become like him. That's why he allows situations in our lives to work in our hearts, to change our hearts. So through hardships like sickness or maybe unemployment or barrenness or problems in relationships, maybe lack of money because unemployment or economical stress or so, the Lord wants to reveal himself, himself to us, to you, on a deeper level. My prayer is that he can lift those stresses for you at the right time, and he will. But what I see, the Lord wants to meet us in times of difficulties in a deeper level. When, we are all, when everything goes fine, you know, we rejoice and it's wonderful to praise the Lord. It's like up here just. But God wants to meet us on a deeper level. So don't despise the times when God is pruning your lives. He says, the one that bears fruit, he will prune in order to bring more fruit. We don't like the pruning. I don't. But God is a good God. And he has our well-being for heaven in mind. He wants to to form us, to shape us in his likeness, that, we, that our lives shall bear fruit for eternity, that one day we will be happy in eternity about all that we could go through, allowed his hand to work in our lives on this earth. What did happen to Job's heart that in the end he would say, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Do you want to see God? Getting, getting to the end here, don't worry. Let's read James 1, 2, and 4. You know what's there. Consider it pure joy. Wow. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow, yeah, I don't want to lack anything. <laughs> but maybe the Lord is talking about something else here. Yes, and in verse 12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Hallelujah. We want to be those that will get hold of that crown the Lord has ready for us. In Hebrews 10:35, we read, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that you have done the will of God and you will receive what he has promised. For just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Hallelujah. Maranatha. 
Come, Lord Jesus. And by my righteous one, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Amen? We are the one to get hold of that which God has gotten hold of us for. Like Brother Paul, who does know Brother Paul Johansson? Huh? Some of you? Yes. He used to say, you know, you don't need to be like a cyclist, a bicycle driver, but you need to be like a bulldozer. Not very fast, but goes through anything. Up and down, same speed, but it's going. That's how we suppose. Doesn't matter the circumstances, just pull it through. Like a bulldozer. Amen? So, be a bulldozer for the Lord. Eh? <laughs> and I want to close with the verses that you and I, that we know very well from Matthew uh, 24. Not verse 14 that I quoted already, but before 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. That could be in our days. There is so much wickedness around us. And the danger is that the love can grow cold. That we get, get, become stale in our hearts. Our hearts will be hardened. And we don't have a love for, our, for the people around us. Because there is so much unrighteousness, ungodly efforts all around us. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. My prayer is for you that you will stand firm to see the checkered flag, to hear the Lord saying, well done, my servant, come in and share my glory. That is my prayer for you, that we can join in with everyone else who have finished the course. Paul wrote Timothy, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is, this, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his, his appearing. Are you longing for his appearing? We young people, I say we, I still feel young. <laughs> As young people, we want to live. I just got married. I just got children. I want to enjoy that. I want to enjoy life. Maybe even ministry. I just have a new job as a pastor, youth pastor. I want to I thri thrive here for the Lord. But the ultimate goal is heaven, not here, earth. This is temporary. This is to graduate for heaven. So may you succeed here, your race on earth, to win the prize that awaits you in heaven. Father, I thank you that you have spoken to us this morning. Thank you, Lord, that our lives are in your hands and they are safe. You know, everything, our past, our future, and Lord, I just pray that you will today allow us to surrender our lives afresh to you and to your will, to your plan, to say, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. Here am I, send me, 
wherever you want. Or keep me here if you want. Your will be done, not mine. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that they will finish the race successfully, that they will win the, the, the prize, the crown of life, to get hold of that which you have gotten hold of them for. In Jesus' name, amen.